Welcome back to the Redbird Report. I am your host, Scott Prerost, and with me, as always, I have my sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? Good. Happy to be here. We had a uh, quite the week, I would say, in uh, ISU sports. I think we had four total Player of the Weeks across mm. ISU sports mm-hmm. this week. Um, we'll start with the ISU football team bringing home two of those. Um, a relatively dominant win over uh, Western Illinois, I would say. I think um, from what I've heard and what I've seen, I didn't get to make it to that game. Um, they definitely started slow. Um, I think Western jumped ahead 3 nothing, or maybe it was 9 nothing early. Um, but then they settled in. Um, they did what they do best. They scored fast, were efficient, and then uh, Mason Blakemore is the guy to call out here. Uh, three rushing touchdowns on the day. Um, I mean, that run game as a whole, these first two weeks has just been really, really impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, I think it was unexpected for me because I thought, you know, Annex said would be shining all of the season um, in the past game, and he had a solid game, um, not to take away from anything he's doing, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a strong run game, and you have so many different guys. It was Blake Moore Saturday, but it could be Cole Mueller or Winkers right the next day. So I think it's really an interesting part of that team where you can watch and see someone explode like that. And Blakemore might have separated himself a little bit there in that pack of three running backs. Yeah, and I think the running backs each bring a little something different, and I think that's why it's scary because if you stop Blakemore, who averaged uh, 8.9 yards per carry um, with those three touchdowns um, last Saturday, um, you have Cole Mueller, an experienced veteran running back on this roster. Um, he's gone down with a couple big injuries, but he had 11 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. It's no slouch of a performance. I mean, the Winkers, right, only got four carries in this game, but they were passing at points, too. Obviously, uh, Annex Dead goes 18 of 26 for a touchdown. The most important number for me so far through two games from Zach Annex Dead is zero turnovers. Um, the Redbirds as a whole have one. Um, Camo Nelson got hit pretty darn hard against uh, Dayton um, in the f- end of the first quarter-ish. I think it was already 14 nothing at that point. But he got hit really hard, fumbled it uh, while he was already going down. Um but outside of that, holding out of the ball, which is the really important thing to see, like I said, Zach Yannick's dead. I believe he has two passing touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, but this offense has looked really good. The defense, they allowed 18 points to Western Illinois, a couple late scores there. Um, like I said, uh, Western Illinois started off, yeah, no, they were up 10 or 9 nothing, and then ISU scored, then they scored again before the half, scored on their first drive of the second half and then it was kind of just they're running away with it at that point um but no I really like what this team's doing right now I think uh Brock's back is doing really good stuff because I think defensively this is on paper this isn't one of the better defenses he's had but they're making it work he t- I talked about it last week he said these people they're these players are really connected there's no drama um and I think this team needs to continue to do it because they haven't won three straight since they haven't won two straight since 18. They haven't won three straight since 17. I don't believe they've won four straight to open the season since 16. So they have a chance to make a lot of history here and get a lot of momentum going into that game where you're going to be hosting South Dakota State. And Spack said it. I mean, in the MVFC, any given Saturday, anything can happen. And I know South Dakota State looks very good, and I think uh, they're the team to look out for in the FCS as a whole. But I think the Redbirds are really making a name for themselves. If you can take these first four games – you set yourself up for a chance to make the FCS playoffs down the stretch. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, I think SPAC and uh, NICAMP can really scheme things up to make 
this defense play to its strengths and make it you know appear as if it's one of the stronger defenses when in, in reality you know we don't have the names yet that we had last year they haven't you know separated themselves as elite playmakers uh, the way that Vandenberg did um, and so many other players on that roster so I really am excited to see how they continue um, with that defense and keep points off the board um, as the offense continues to do their thing they've done through two weeks yeah, definitely. Like I said, just a really balanced team right now, offensively and defensively. Um, obviously, a big game this Saturday, 2 p.m., the 111th edition of the Mid-America Classic, this one in Charleston, Illinois. I'll have you covered for that game, um, so make sure to tune in on our Twitter account. But like I said, uh, one game at a time, that's the mindset of this team, and I think they have a chance to uh, really make some noise in the MVFC and FCS as a whole this year. But we'll move on. Uh, women's golf. Runner-up finish at the Redbird Invitational, the one meet that they get to host in the year. Um, like I said, they finished runner-up to rival Bradley and Jin Young-Yoon, uh, runner-up as well. Um, I believe that was a school record performance from her, which on men's golf, Alex McCullough just did that a week ago. So mm-hmm. a great start for both men's and women's golf this year. Um, as a team, the women's golf got a little bit better of a finish there, and that's a really encouraging sign, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she now holds after one tournament three rounds of golf with isu she holds two of the lowest the two lowest scores in program history for a single round and the lowest three round score in program history as well so um, i want it on record i don't think anyone's had a better argument for the percy family hall of fame in one performance as Ginny yun did there and i just think i mean what a way to start the season, you know. Obviously, that's the runner-up finish, and it's you know, it comes with that losing to your rival. But I mean, you look past that, and it's just such a strong start for this team. And there's so many different players that can step up in any given week and star for this program. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she beat the record of her current teammate Avalon Woodward, who had the three-round uh, program record at two eleven. Um, this team is really balanced. You have a lot of really impressive names. Um, Ellie Schrock and Kira Wolf have been on the team for a while, and they continue to do their thing. Uh, Venetia Gunaselin, um, another big part of this roster, and then Michaela Krivakova as well. Um, just, like I said, a really balanced roster, and I think that's what's scary about this this team as a whole. You finish second in first tournament of the season for them, um, and then you get to host that as well. It's just... It's a night. It's a good thing to see this early in the season. Like I said, the men's team, um, Alex McCullough put up that record performance last weekend. So it's across the board. The golf teams have started off the season. I don't know that you can ask for a, a much better start from them. Absolutely, and I think one of the interesting parts is as they set those lineups with these qualifying rounds. Avalon Woodward was out of the lineup um, this week, and on the men's side, it was Valentin Pregnant. You know, two All MVC performers that just missed the lineup and. You can't disagree with the numbers they shoot in qualifying rounds, and it it it's tough because you have to choose. You know, go with your your qualifiers, go with your lineup uh, beforehand, and um, you know they have the golfers if they can get everyone together in the right time um, to do it. Which is um, it's a positive and a negative being so deep. Um, obviously, it's a coach's you know best case scenario. You know, being able to choose from so many players that can go low. So. I'm really excited for the women's team and then, uh, like you mentioned as well, the men's team. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, they will be back in action um, not this coming Monday, but the following one, September 25th, for the Johnny Imes Invitational in Columbia, Missouri. So keep your eye out for that. But 
like I said, you can't ask for a much better start from these programs um, at all. Uh, but we'll shift focus. Um, ISU soccer, um, back-to-back wins, and then I believe their one match before that was the draw. So um, three straight matches without losing, but Haley Glover is obviously the the story to see. I mean, four goals on uh, tying an ISU program ISU program record um, with Kyla Cross and Rachel Tejada. Um, Rachel Tejada is a Hall of Famer in the MVC. So I mean, what a performance from uh, Glover there. Like I said, there's six meets into the year, two, three, one. We said that it was just patience, patience with this program, and look what they've done. The back-to-back wins. I believe that's the first time under uh, Kresge that they've had back-to-back wins. So just a really impressive. Um, week and a half, I would say, for the soccer program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no question about it. Haley Glover just having the performance of a lifetime. And um, I think it's really exciting. This team won three matches last year, and they have won two back-to-back now. Um, and they're going into a game. It's a Friday night. Um, the alumni is back. And, you know, you have a chance to match that win total from last year against a team in Evansville who won two games last season. They haven't won a game this season. And, you know, what an opportunity for this program to show the strides they've made. It's not like you turn around and you're competing for the MVC right away, but step by step, they are getting better, and it's really exciting to see. Yeah, definitely. So last year they started the season 0-6, and then they did get back-to-back wins. Uh, They beat Lindenwood and Western Illinois on a Thursday-Sunday. Um, and then they lost every other match the rest of the year with a draw against Valparaiso mixed in, and then they won, I remember, to knock Missouri State out of the one Mm. seed last match of the year last year, 4-2 at home. So we talked about it a lot last year because it was a frustrating season for this program, um, to say the least. Uh, You had had high hopes in the past, um, and then you switch coaches, and you start the way that you did, and there was a lot of negative talk I would say about the team but you saw the bounce back that they had and the way they started this year I mean you you lose to Illinois in that exhibition and then you score against Indiana but you lose 3-1 you get shut out in your next two and it's not looking great and then here they are Oakland Eastern Illinois Western Illinois and they their offense looks really good their defense has picked it up a little bit um this is a really exciting program at ISU right now I think uh like I said, I think they were getting a little overlooked in the past because they had struggled, but we said over and over again, it's a young team, it's a young staff. They brought in three new coaches this offseason alone. Um, I think that this has, team has a lot of potential, like you said, a chance to match their win total from last year just seven matches in uh, would be a really impressive feat for this program. Definitely starting to see some of those freshmen you know, make their name in the program, and obviously the senior contributors in Glover and um, Baker – there's a lot to like about this team, and um, they're making it a fun fun program to watch. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Um, like I said, uh, they will be back in action tomorrow night, or I'm sorry, Friday night, 6 p.m. at home, alumni weekend against Evansville, um, and then they don't have a match uh, this weekend. They won't be back in action again after that till Thursday. But, yeah, no, really promising turnaround for this program, and I think it's something to uh, something to definitely keep an eye on uh, within ISU athletics as a whole. Uh, the last sport we want to talk about this weekend, or this week, uh, ISU Volleyball. Another tough week for them. I think there were moments where you saw what they were capable of um, in within each match, within each set. But that New Mexico State loss, I would say, 
I don't say it was expected, but you saw what the New Mexico State could do. This is a power, or this is a really uh, high-level program, but it's the next two losses that were really disappointing. I think especially that Miami-Ohio loss, I believe they were up 2-1 in the match um, before falling in five sets. Yeah, I mean, the challenge with these last three losses are that you're starting to go up against mid-major opponents where you don't have to be perfect in a in a point to win it. And, you know, that's when it starts to get a little more challenging, knowing that you have opportunities against, you know, similar skill athletes, similar sizes. Um, and it's, you know, the losses start to sting a little bit. But I will tell you, this team's um, not down on itself. And I think that's good to see. It would be easy to kind of, you know, throw the towel in at this point in the season when you're 0-9. But um, – you have three grad transfers. Obviously, Mari Hinkle went down with a concussion or was in concussion protocol, I should say. Um, so we'll hope that she can get back for the weekend. But then you have Kara Cooper and Bella Zeman. It's their last season of college volleyball. There's not going to be any quit in this team, um, especially with the core of sophomores that we've seen really start to develop and make it their uh, make the team theirs, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, this is going to be a, a big weekend ahead for them because – you want to be able to just get the slightest bit of momentum, if at all possible, before you get into Valley play. And like I said last week, it's one tough start to Valley play with the Iowa teams coming in, Drake and you and I, um, to SefQ Arena, September 22nd and 23rd on family weekend there. Um, but you just got to find some momentum. You just got to get some confidence with this. You play St. Thomas, South Dakota, and Green Bay. Um, like you mentioned, you're kind of getting to that mid-major play where these are matches that you want to be able to take. And if you play your best volleyball, you should be able to take. So I think uh, I think this team knows what it's capable of. Like you said, you have some veterans. You have some really young, talented players. Um, but it's just a matter of putting it all together on the court and showing the results that – I think everyone on that team knows they're capable of. Absolutely. Like I mentioned, uh, assuming Mari Hingle stays out, um, Madison Smith stepped in at Libero on Sunday, or Saturday, I should say, against Miami, Ohio, and played really well um, in her debut at the Libero spot and first start of her college career. So that was exciting to see. And again, she stepped up against um, St. Louis uh, for an ace to take the set in that match. So really impressive play out of the freshman Libero. Um, or defensive specialist and I think that's kind of what you'll see is just players stepping up trying to you know give this team a chance Um, and you know Reagan Haith has been hurt um, missed three matches or maybe four matches in a row now so um, it'll be interesting to see if she's able to make a comeback before conference play starts and I don't think we'll see that if I were guess they're probably just looking to keep her fresh and you know have a chance to make a run when that conference schedule comes around, but um, she'll be absolutely be a difference maker. I think we know what she's capable of um, when she gets back to the court. Yeah, definitely. Once we see what this team is capable of when everyone's on the court at the same time, um, I think you're going to be really impressed with what you see, but it's just taking some time for everything to mold right now. I mean, like you said, I mean, three of your pretty common players in your rotation are new to the roster, um, and then a lot of young uh, young players on the team too, so going to be interesting to see how it pans out um, but they have three matches this weekend at the capital credit union classic in green bay wisconsin st thomas and south dakota on friday green bay saturday um, like i said before they come home to start valley play the following weekend 
Um, anything else on volleyball for you, Reed? That's all I got. Excited to see um, see them break into the win column this weekend if that's in the cards. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for this team, so we'll see how they do. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, if that's it from you, Reed, I think that's it from me. That's all I got. Um, like I said, a really successful weekend this past weekend, four player of the weeks um, across the board. You had Mason Blakemore, um, Hunter Zambrano, Jin Young Yoon, and Haley Glover all pulling in player of the week awards respectively for their positions. Um, and I think uh, you can expect to see a lot more of that this year because it's uh, these fall sports have a lot of potential, um, both as teams and as individuals, and I think that's going to carry over the rest of the season as well. So, Reed, is that it from you? That's all I got. All right. Uh, well, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Make sure to follow our Twitter accounts for all the live updates at the underscore vedette and at Viddy underscore sports. And uh, we will talk to you guys again next week.